Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick DeLion with my co-host, Lucas Tashi. Today, we're going to be talking about the Premier League. We're going to get into some previews for transfer window coming up in January. And then we're going to talk about some upcoming fixtures. We hope you guys enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Lucas, how are things going? Things are going all right. Uh, we have a lot of football every single day for the past, like, I want to say four or five days. We've had so much Premier League action going on. Last week, there's been so much Premier League action. It's just there's so much to talk about. I feel like we haven't talked about the Prem in so long in this pod. So yeah. there's a lot to recap because like it is ever changing. No, I agree. And the reason why we didn't have an episode last week was just because of a lot of the postponements that happened. And, uh, you know, we missed out on basically half the the fixtures for the league. But since then, we've rebounded and gotten some more games. So we have more information to, to talk about. Right. But we're basically through the halfway point of the season. And there's so many impressive performances, so many clubs that have exceeded expectations or met expectations or, you know, fallen below expectations. And, you know, before we talk about the, the fixtures and stuff, I just want to ask you, what has stood out to you this season? Like, what club has surprised you positively and what club has surprised you negatively? Arsenal has definitely surprised me positively because Arteta has shifted his focus on the older players to honing in on the younger players that are up and coming. So the Martinellis, the Odegaards, the Sakas, the ML smith Rose, those players that have so much potential, he's been focused on them getting that playing time and getting better. So since then, they've gone on a great run over the past month. Martinelli has been scoring goals, assisting. Uh... Saka has been scoring goals, assisting Odegaard. It seems like he's scoring every single game. Uh, not Odegaard, sorry. Emil Smith Rose seems like he's scoring every single game off the bench. Odegaard is assisting everybody nonstop. It, it's it's fantastic uh, to see how they've turned it around because they are a top side. You don't want to see one of the top sides not be in a European place or fight for that top four. And I'm sure we're going to talk about the top four race, but it, it's very very tight. Yeah, I I ultimately agree with you. I just think that, you know, even though uh, I'm an Arsenal fan here, I just think the signings that they made, they've all hit. Uh, everything that they wanted for from them, they've gotten, and they basically rebuilt their, their defensive line, and they brought in the young talent in the attacking midfields. They've played soccer and Mill Smith Rowe more consistently, and that's led to great results. You know, this team is just, like, so exciting. You know, I can't remember a time in the past like five, six years where I've been excited to see Arsenal play like I have this season. And they've just been playing really well before when they were on form and they were winning their, their games after they lost to, you know, Man City and Brentford and Chelsea. They, uh, they went on a run, but it wasn't, it wasn't as impressive as it's been lately in the past like four games. So they play Man City this weekend. That's going to be a huge test. I think, you know, we both oddly agree probably that Man United has been the most disappointing so far. But with the fact that they've made a manager change with Ralph Ragnick, I think that, you know, the jury's still out and they're still in contention considering the fact that they have two games in hand and so does Tottenham. Yeah, 100%. And it's difficult now because COVID cases, players getting COVID, they're not fully fit. You don't know what's going to go on during this picture. It's it's all about the long term uh, and the second half of the season. Whoever gets in form, whoever gets continues to perform well, they'll likely get in get into that top four spot. But um, yeah, I would say Arsenal is my top, uh, like most surprising team, and Ramsdale for sure is my signing of the season. Uh, he's been fantastic for them. He's probably you know if you look about the goalkeepers in like this league, he's probably in the top five. And if you think about in terms of like England internationals, he should be the starter for England just because his ball playing skills are so good for a goalkeeper. Like he makes so many passes, even off of his punts that just are very impressive every single time that hits the target or hits the, the player in stride. And his saves are just incredible. Like the free kicks that he had, uh, I think he saved against Leicester 
that was a great one. There was like so many others that I think about where he's kept us in games. He's probably our player of the season so far. And I think if you're thinking about the, you know, Premier League team of the season, like I know Ederson's great. Uh, obviously, Alisson is great. De Gea has found its form and has become a great shot stopper this season like he was before. But I think he would probably be my pick just because of the impact that he's had. Uh, I, I agree the impact that he's had, but he hasn't kept uh, – he, he hasn't won points for Arsenal. Whereas no, I agree, I, honestly. No, I, like more points for Arsenal compared to De Gea. De Gea has been man of the match every single match. There's been games where he has saved them so much, where uh, it was 1-0 they were winning. He's prevented it from being 2-1, 3-1. Against Norwich, he had five saves. Against Norwich, Norwich, he had five saves. He saved a penalty in the 90th minute against West Ham. Like Those are six points right there that I think De Gea is probably the goalkeeper of the season so far. But Ramsdale definitely is up there. Can I can I just say it's so weird with De Gea because it's it just seems like when he faces less shots on goal, he's a worse goalkeeper than when he's consistently facing fire. You know what I mean? Because I just think his his best talent is his ability to, to stop shots. Right? Like that's yeah, his yeah. best quality. Uh, it's just it's just so interesting to me because he's found his form again. But you could make the argument that United's defensive line has fallen off while De Gea's form has risen back to, you know, the previous levels where we considered him one of the five best goalkeepers in the world. It's just interesting. Very yeah, interesting. crazy. Um, well, who is your surprising team of the season? So, so Arsenal for sure. Uh, but like, if I, if I, take them aside I honestly I mean I have to say like West Ham again because just for like the second year in a row they've they've kept up the same pace they had last season and they've had some really impressive like crazy results they beat Liverpool right they they I mean they beat Chelsea right like we both expected them to lose these games they, I mean, they lost to Arsenal, but they had a red card that maybe, you know, if you're looking back, was harsh. I just have to remember it. They lost to Southampton, but then they turned around. They beat Wofford a few days ago. I just think that West Ham, you know, to continue the form that they've had from previous seasons, even though the squad signings weren't that much, you know, they signed like three players at the end of the transfer window, but it's relatively the same squad. And, you, you know, this team is kind of just like ridden the back of Declan Rice in the center of the midfield. Yeah. And that's really been the key for them. He is their best player. He is their captain. But ultimately, West Ham, continuing their form, uh, has been surprisingly impressive for sure. One yeah, that- there are players up there that have stepped up for West Ham, not named Declan Rice. Yep. Um, Mikel Antonio started off on fire. Without him, he, they wouldn't be in the position they're in. Jared Bowen has uh, taken the next step in his in his role uh ben rama has improved as well um there are so many players that uh, over there they have certainly improved um that's actually a great shout uh i, I didn't think about them because they're so inconsistent like you said they lose to southampton but they beat liverpool and chelsea um and it's just very inconsistent um but yeah it, it's a, definitely a good shout because you don't expect them to be currently where they are now in fifth place no, no. there there are better squads out there than west ham's but west ham plays more in unison than those other squads and to, to be piggyback off of like what you're saying too a team that surprised me in the worst way is leeds to be honest because leeds have had such a disappointing season and you know, like we talk about United, Leeds even more so to me because United can at least get back to where we expect them to be, which is competing for the Champions League and maybe getting that fourth spot. Uh, but Leeds, I mean, like their injuries, Rafina has become really good, like is world class. There's rumors, of, and we'll talk about this later, of him leaving though in the January transfer window. And we'll just see what, what ends up happening to them. Disappointing second season, I hope. I honestly do hope they don't go down because it took them so long to go back up and they're just historically a great team. Yeah. Uh, I, 
Uh, what would be funny for me is who who goes down is Newcastle. Like with with the new owners coming in, uh, four hundred billion dollar owners. They're currently two points uh, away from safety with Watford, but seeing Newcastle go down in the championship with the rich owners that they have, it would truly be incredible. Um, but Newcastle has improved, and they have quality players too. Uh, yeah. Alan St. Maximan, Callum Wilson. They also shifted Joel uh, Joe Ellington to play center midfield, play more like the number eight role instead of a number uh, 10 where he would play more attacking. And he actually has turned into a great player there. But it, it would be it would be in quite funny to see them get relegated. They're lucky, though, because they have the transfer window ahead of them. And so if, if they really want to, they can buy as many players as they want and avoid this situation. I, I do like Eddie Howe as, like, their manager appointment. So to see what signings he makes, like, he's had a horrible track record with actually signing players with Bournemouth's money. But yeah. it may be different because he may not have – well, he won't have a limited budget if they do decide to spend it in January. So we'll see. I mean, I, like you said, I'm enjoying it too. It would be fun to see them relegated. But I think we'll know for sure, depending on who they sign uh, after the window closes in January. January, yeah. Uh, we'll definitely get a good understanding of what their team, what they're uh, looking to do long term. Yeah, man. And uh, let, let's just run through top seven and then bottom five okay does that work for you yeah all right so after christmas or after the christmas fixtures we still have or right before new year's let's just say before new year's comes around what the table is looking like right now is manchester city in first with 50 points with a goal differential of 39 Chelsea in second with 42 points with a goal differential of 29. Liverpool in third with 41 points and a goal differential of 34. So those top three, I think you need to differentiate compared to the uh, four through seven because those top three are just in a tier of their own level. But over the past few weeks, Chelsea and Liverpool have taken a step back. They have dropped points. Liverpool lost to uh, Leicester. They drew to Tottenham. And those dropped points has significantly hurt the title race. But one thing to keep in mind is that Liverpool does have 19 games, while Spur uh, City and Chelsea have 20 games. But I, I still think Man City, their team and the quality that they have is just so good. Their B team can probably finish second in the Premier League, which is insane. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Man City too is also, I wouldn't look at it as like Liverpool dropping points because they have, right? But it's also the fact that Man City's won 10 Premier League games in a row. And that that form, like you can't, you can't compete with that if that's the form that they're going to run with for the course of a, a quarter of the season. To, to look at where Man City is now, I mean, they have it doesn't it doesn't matter who they play. I would say besides even Liverpool, because Liverpool and Man City are super competitive when they play against each other. I would probably favor Man City in every single fixture that they play, other than that one, right? Yeah, and, and well, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. But Chelsea's Chelsea's messed up with some injuries and COVID cases. Like they're not going to have like five or six players for another month and a half. So that's why that's that's why I wouldn't say Chelsea right now, but healthy, yes, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally agree. Uh, yeah. So so like you were saying before, I mean, this is Man City's to lose, and how can we say that they're gonna they're gonna lose the title now, considering the point lead that they have, the gap that they have, and considering differential everything. Yeah. So even even though at the halfway point, I feel like this title race. Like, I can't see Man City really losing out because even if they lose players, even if they have the injury crisis that Chelsea's having, they still have the squad depth to, to cover for that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think that the, the Premier League for them, it's it's theirs to lose. 
And then, like you were saying before, Chelsea and Liverpool, I mean, they're, they're not thinking about the Champions League because it's already set for them. They're thinking about the title. And that's what they're going to compete for. But those three are pretty much a lock to make it into the, the Champions League next year. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with that. So then going into fourth to seventh place, this is where it gets juicy. So fourth place currently, we have Arsenal at 35 points with a goal differential of nine. West Ham, 31 points, goal differential of nine. Sixth, with, we have Spurs with 30 points, but they have two games on hand. And then seventh, we have United with 28 points, so with two games on hand. So this is where it's going to get juicy, and uh, this is where I think anybody can finish in that fourth spot. And going back to what I said, it really comes down to who is going to be the most important. Who's going to get those fixtures, get the team rolling, uh, get consecutive wins, and the team that does that is likely going to finish fourth. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. you. You can look at at least Arsenal, Tottenham, and, and Man United and think those squads are quality enough to, to make the Champions League spots. Uh, West Ham, just look that, like the, the fact that they're always unified, they play well together, all the, the parts mesh into uh, a sum that's greater than what they are as individuals, but even though they do have quality players, so, I mean, each of these teams brings something uniquely different, but I just, I just think that it's going to end up coming down to Arsenal, Tottenham, and Man United. You know, Tot- Tottenham have I'm probably the best manager of the three. I mean, honestly, if you would think about that, right, you would put Conte above Ragnick, even though we both love Ragnick, and above Arteta, right? Yes. But I would say that Tottenham squad is probably the third best out of Arsenal's and Manchester United's, I would say Man United uh, definitely has the best squad. Uh, they only have one weakness, and that's at the center of the pitch, which we've talked about before. But it doesn't it doesn't mean that they can't fix that in the transfer window. And also, they're good enough to compensate for that weakness. Arsenal, like, they, I mean, listen, they've been scoring goals, but they don't have the type of striker to to convert these chances. Lacazette is great for holding up in the midfield and allowing the three behind him to move forward and to pass through. But, you know, Arsenal has a weakness up front, and I just think that out of these three, Man United is going to be in a position to compete for that fourth spot. And even though they're seventh right now, you know, depending on the result with Burnley, I just think that, they'll end up moving closer and, and maybe at the end of the season getting that fourth spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. It all, <clears throat> there's been some turmoil with Man United now with the players not being happy, with the players complaining about uh, how tough the practices are, pretty much them being babies. Um, so if they can handle the Ragnick uh, regimen, they can improve and get better. But if they don't and they continue to be babies, it's it's possible that they won't even finish in the top four. Yeah, there's this one I'll never forget. I definitely know it's not Ronaldo that's complaining. Uh, just because, Lucas, I don't know if you ever saw it, but like, there's like uh, the Juventus documentary that they do every year yeah. on, on Netflix. There's like this one scene where Ronaldo walks in and then, like, it's it's him, it's Pirlo. It's, like, after the game, they lose. And he's just pissed because he, he just goes, we're not working hard enough. Like, he's saying, like, all these things. And he goes, he goes, I see way because I take myself accountable too. You know, just, like, that's the kind of leader that you need to be able to get through these situations. And honestly, like you were saying, they're babies. Like, you have, you have to pay the price if you're going to want the title. And you're going to have to work hard. Then you like harder than you would think, right? You can't get there on talent alone. You could put, maybe make top four on talent alone because there's not that many squads that are as good as Man United's. But if you're going to look at the future and you're going to look at competing for the title, it's going to require more 
of yourself than anything else that you've ever had to do, especially if you're a player as talented as Greenwood, as Rashford, you know, as Van de Beek, like Maguire, like Maguire's never come close to winning a title before. You know what I mean? Like Luke Shaw, like we like Luke Shaw, but it's the same thing with him. He came into the league, you know, as one of the most informed left backs in the world and he's fallen off since then. They don't know what it takes. So it's just a matter of them understanding that you need to put in the hard work in order to have a chance at greatness. Yep, 100% agree with you there. So with that, I mean, I personally think Arsenal will finish in that fourth spot. Either Arsenal or Spurs. I think Spurs not having any European football, Arsenal not having any European football, is great for them because West Ham and Man United have European football. West Ham has the Europa League, United have the Champions League. Those other two teams can just focus on the Premier League, really, the FA Cup and the domestic competitions. So I think it's either Arsenal or Spurs that finish top four. And it 100% would be a disaster this season for Man United if we don't finish top four. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. I mean, listen, these three teams, like West Ham, all due respect to them, I, we don't think they're going to get it. Uh, I mean, they proved this wrong against Chelsea and against and against Liverpool, but I just don't think it's possible over the course of the, the remaining 19, you know, games for them. Uh I mean, it's just these three teams and each, like I said before, these three teams each bring something unique to the table that makes them different from the other two. So that's going to be the most fun. Uh, Relegation is even more fun in my opinion. And as far as these three teams, I feel like we've talked about it before, right? But are these three teams, Lucas, Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich City going to be the three teams that go down or do you think there's going to be another club that falls off? I don't think Burnley go down. I agree. I think, I think Sean Dyche ends up uh, doing the work that needs to be done to ensure they stay up. And they all, they're in relegation right now with 11 points, but they have 15 games played. Yep. While the other teams above them have two extra games played. So they, they can get those points. Yeah. I agree. They have they Newcastle one hundred percent will go down. <laughs> okay. Like without a doubt. Okay. Um and then I can see Watford going down. Because uh they did bring in Ranieri, but Ranieri hasn't done exceptionally well. I they they still have been very poor. I think they'll end up going down. And depending this all depends on the uh January transfer window for Newcastle if they end up going down or not. Um, at, I, I, I don't know who will go down, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Lucas, they've lost, Watford has lost 10 of their last 11 games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I st- like, so bad. Like, Darby County, 07-08 bad. So, I mean, I just think I agree with you. I think they're going to go down for sure. Newcastle, it's just so tentative. Like like I said before, I do not want Leeds to go down. Uh, will Newcastle go down? It depends on if they actually buy players or not. If they don't, 100% yes. They're not good enough. Uh, if they do, then I don't know. I'd be funny if Everton goes down. <laughs> but I don't it's know. Hysterical. I Honestly, let's say Newcastle go down, goes down. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Watford, Newcastle, Norwich City. Lock it in. Yeah, lock it in. Okay. All right. Do we talk about the upcoming fixtures for the weekend now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, Arsenal, Manchester City, uh, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, New Year's Day, just right off the bat, a hat banger. Uh, I mean, as we said before, Arsenal have been the most surprising team in terms of their form, how they played, the young players that they have. But... We also said that we would favor Man City in every single matchup. And in this case, I see nothing different. Uh, Arsenal has yet to claim a point against any of those three sides this season. And I just see that continuing here just because of the fact that they don't have the, the same uh, quality in the center of the pitch compared to Man City. And I just think that's what it comes down to. 
I mean, like like we said about Man City, they their B team can probably beat Arsenal right now. Probably, honestly. Like, think about the B team for for Man City. You have Fernandinho, Jack Grealish, uh, Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez. Uh, I don't even know if this is a B team. This is like a superstar team still. Um, you have Nathan Ake, you have Zinchenko, you have Kyle Walker, who hasn't been starting, but he can play. Yeah. Uh, you have like, it's so many players that you can name that it's just a fantastic team. Phil Foden off the bench. Foden uh, off the best game. Yeah, just like Gabriel Jesus. Like all these, all these players are are world class players that other teams would want to have. Like you think I wouldn't want to have Gabriel Jesus on my team? I would love it. He's he's young. I mean, what is he like? Twenty four, twenty five now. But he has never had the consistent run of games to score. I still think he has that talent in him. He's a great player. Same thing with Grealish. Grealish, they spent like hundred million pounds on him or something like that. Yeah. Having him chill off the bench, you know, in some games and have De Bruyne start with Bernardo Silva, who's been in crazy form, I gotta say. But uh, yeah, this is has dipped slightly. His form has dipped slightly ever since uh, De Bruyne came back. That's fair, but it doesn't matter because in every single game, including this one, Man City is the favorite, and it's their game to lose. Yes, hundred percent. How many goals does Tottenham beat Watford by this this uh, this weekend? Uh, two. Okay. Because Watford's home. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's how you know. That's that's someone. That's someone who you know looks at the the lines for the weekend before the podcast. Wait, is it actually? I I, I did not see the lines. No, no, no. I don't know. But, <laughs> let me but, let me check the lines. Let me check the lines. Okay, check the lines. And then the last game I think that's worth mentioning here uh, is Chelsea-Liverpool, right? That's Sunday at 11.30 a.m. That's another great matchup. I think Chelsea, if they were to lose this, they would probably have a a longer shot of competing for the title. I mean, Thomas Tuchel said it himself. You know, they have so many players injured. Uh, He's like, what title? like what title competition like right now he's like we have six players on COVID we have six players that are going to be out for another month and a half so I guess he just thinks that they're in such a tough position and in this game Lucas I gotta say just based on form and based on health Liverpool would probably have to be the favorite here in my opinion to to win this game and to move on to competing with Man City for the title I don't know I don't know. I think it's going to end up in a draw. Um, this game can end up in multiple ways. But given that Chelsea are home, I can see Liverpool getting a goal and Chelsea getting just one goal. Because Romelu Lukaku has been in getting uh, getting good form. He's scored in back-to-back games. I don't know, man. I, I, I just see it finishing like 1-1. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that, right? When these two, when squads that are of the quality of these two teams play, a draw is more likely than anything. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I definitely get that. With that being said, though, Lucas, is there any other fixture that you want to talk about for this weekend in the Premier League? I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if there are many fixtures that we can talk about this weekend for the Prem. Uh, it's just there's so many games going on. It, it, I love this time of year because like there's consecutive day like games going on consecutively, and what Peacock does is they put like a goal zone, so they play one game and then they show the goals, and, and I just love watching it. One of my favorite things to watch. So I did it on Christmas Day, or no, sorry, Boxing Day, and it was just a blast to watch. Um, so, yeah, if you ever have the chance, I think 9 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning where you have four games, that's the time you watch that goal zone. Uh, I don't know if I, there's any other games to call out. No, not even in La Liga. La Liga also returns this weekend. Uh, the the Bundesliga and the uh, Serie A really return next week. So there's no games from there. I just think with La Liga, it's just, you know, it, there's not really much to talk about other than the fact that 
Real Madrid have continued to dominate the competition and they're eight points ahead. Sevilla has a game in hand. They've also been just as impressive. Uh, but, you know, we've already talked about La Liga enough and yeah. there's no real games that we can go on based on the past week. So I guess we'll just... It's worth saying Real Madrid money line spread is always underrated. So underrated, yeah. Vegas just, the odds they give them is like incredible, always. Yeah. Uh, For those of you listening, Lucas texted me on like the 21st at like 11 p.m. Yeah. He just goes, Nick, they're doing it again. And then I already knew he was just talking about the Real Madrid money line because I was looking at it too (laughs) at the same time that he happened to be doing it. So uh, the plus money for Real Madrid, you know, there's not that many teams that get it. For some reason, they do. In this case, they're even a minus uh, 150. Yeah, minus 150 favorite for this weekend. And those odds for that payout is really not that bad. Anything less than 200, I always consider minus 200. If you're plus for like a good squad, like if Bayern Munich is ever plus money in the Bundesliga for any fixture, you have to you have to pull the trigger on that bet. And you have to do the same for Real Madrid, regardless of whether you win or you lose. That'll always be a good bet. Yeah, yeah. Now, with that being said, Lucas, I do want to talk about the transfer window that's coming up. Let's do it. We've already, you know, we've already received news that Ferran Torres is going to Barcelona, which I think is an A-plus signing for them. Yeah. Torres, like, wasn't getting the game time that he wanted, but he's a young up-and-coming player, and he solves a need that Barcelona has. How they can afford it, like, you know, blows my mind. mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're doing, I think they're doing four separate payments, which is funny, but, uh for, for them, you know, to get the signing, I think it's it's crucial for them. I don't know if they'll do any other business, if they'll sell any players during this window or not. Uh, but like I said, that's that's a great signing for them. I can't even I can't even give them uh, discredit. It's an A plus for me. Yeah, and I'm also seeing in addition to that, they're trying to sign Alvaro Morata for 55 million euros. So if they get him. Essentially, all their transfer window that they did over the summer is uh, like a complete waste. Yeah. What do they do with uh, Memphis Depay? What do they do with Luke De Jong? Like all a complete waste. Listen, I like Depay. I like Depay because he's had not a he hasn't had a bad season, and he'll probably finish with around like fifteen to sixteen goals for them. Like Murata is, I don't know. He's just like the. If I told you this guy, there's a player who's a striker, right? He's played for Real Madrid, then Juventus, then Real Madrid, then Chelsea, then Atletico Madrid, then Juventus, and then Barcelona. You would be like, wow, this is like a, a great player. But I look at Alvaro Morata the same way I look at Olivier Giroud. And, yeah. and I just like, I get it. He's a good player to have on your squad, but he's a backup striker. Yes. For, for a premier club, right? For yeah. any club that's not a premier club, definitely a starting striker, but if you're talking about the top echelon, he is the best backup striker you can have. So, I yeah, mean, they're going to pay him as a starting striker. Exactly, exactly. And is he the solution for Barcelona? No, like, I don't think so. Uh, I think that their defense is the biggest problem, really, more yeah. than anything. The fact that they have to play, they play Busquets, the fact that they play PK. They should just not play those players and play their younger talent. Like, Mingueza is a good player. Uh, Ronald Araujo is also a good player. He's a Uruguayan international player. They're both super young. They both should be playing. Umtini, like, I understand no one's going to want to sign him mm-hmm. and, because of his knee injury, but he, you know, has, hasn't been good since that World Cup a few years ago. And Eric Garcia has also, honestly, Lucas, like, not been good. So, they're... Yeah. they're their biggest, their biggest issue is their defensive line, and I like that they signed Ferran Torres. In my opinion, that's really the only signing that they need up front. You can play Torres, you can play Depay, you can play Dembele or Fati, right? And then your center midfield, in my opinion, is really good. You have Gavi, you have Pedri, and then you have uh, De Jong. Yeah. So 
So well, that's if they if they keep De Jong. If they keep him, if they keep him. But if you keep him, you have those three in the center of the midfield. Like that's as good of a center midfield as any club can have. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. But either way, I've mentioned this a couple months back. This is a long term um, fix for Barcelona. Like mm-hmm. nothing's gonna happen in the short term. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other transfers to look out for, really, the biggest thing is what's going to happen in the summer. So, starting in January, players who are free agents in the summer, Kylian Mbappe, Paul Pogba, Antonio Rudiger, those kinds of players are able to sign pre-contracts for their next club. <clears throat> if they want the clubs can actually sell them early, get some profit, and then uh, get the team gets the player services. So, for example, if Real Madrid wants uh, Mbappe earlier, they can sign him now, or else they'll just get a contract agreement with Real Madrid for the upcoming summer. Same thing with Paul Pogba. Um, so that's just one thing to monitor. And I think the biggest, I mean, biggest name there is Mbappe. We know where he's going. Yep. But, 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 will there be a twist? Is it possible that we can see him going to Liverpool? No. We don't know. No, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anything can be surprising. That would be shocking to me. Uh, But I don't know. He's, listen, he is so good. To see where him and Holland end up in the summer is going to be so interesting. Mbappe, I don't even know. Listen, I would love for them to announce, like him to even announce his move, whether it be to Real Madrid or a different club in January. I don't know if he'll do that. Like, I really don't. I would love for that to happen, though. Like, if to get the closure we need. But I just don't know. I think the play of players running down their contracts, like we were on this really early where we thought that this was a trend that would happen in the future. Yep. And it's getting more and more like this because more and more teams are having a lot of money to be able to sign good players. And there are players that feel trapped based on the contracts that they have, like Wilfried Zaha, as an example. So, I mean, to see to see what's going to happen this summer, this is going to be a totally different summer than last year. This may be, like last year was looked at as the best transfer window we may have ever had. This window may top that window by a lot just because of the amount of transactions that can happen. Now, Lucas, with that being said, I have some players that I see have already agreed deals, and I just want to get your thoughts on this and some rumors. So, uh, Inter Milan signed Andre Onana, so he's going to be an Inter player. Yeah. From Ajax. Romano, yeah, Romano tweeted this. He goes, oh, Andre Onana will sign his contract as new interplayer in the next few weeks. Barca oh. definitely the race. So he tweeted this like a few hours ago. So it's That's okay. Really- yeah, so I think A-plus signing by them. Yeah. Inter are also working on signing Mateus Ginter as a free agent for next summer, right? Yeah. So, so that's another great signing uh, that they could potentially have. Uh and then the other one before I pass it to you is Newcastle, our boys, are looking to sign Kieran Trippier, who I think we already knew that before, and then Sven Botman, uh, who plays for Lil. So I don't know how good Sven Botman is. I think Trippier is good. But uh, what do you think about those two signings if they were to get it done? I mean, I've seen Sven not play as often because he does play for Lil, but I know he was vital for... Uh, their league-winning run last year. Um, I know he's a tall center back. I, I don't know much, but, I mean, if you get that leadership, if you get because I think he's their captain right now. Um, if you get that leadership in the back four, it further solidifies it. And then Trippier, it, it's a tough one because he's getting up there in age. He's more of that, like, secure right back that you know if, you, if your player is ever injured – it, you know, if you need a, a smart start, he's there. Um, but he's not a long-term solution, in my opinion. Based on his age, I think you're right. I think uh, yeah. I think Newcastle just need him because he's just he would be probably along with Boatman the best two defenders on their squad. 
And I think I think that's something that they definitely need right now. But they also need attack. They need everything. Like they need everything. Def- yeah. So what they're playing with right now is basically, in my opinion, a backup squad. Yeah. Especially with Callum Wilson injured, and you know, Alan St. Maxim is the only exception to that. And he got injured on Monday too. Yeah. Exactly. So so. You know, for them, they have so much work to do, but I, I just think this is going to be a fun... Uh, this isn't going to be a boring transfer window, right? I think this is going to be a good time. Uh, Tottenham is going to sign some players soon. There's no announcements, but Antonio Conte... Yeah, says he, he just wants it. He, like, likes Harry Winks. He goes, Harry Winks will stay here. I can count on him. Yeah. So Tottenham will probably make some moves as well. Uh, but... You know, just like just like an interesting start. The rumors are already flowing. Yeah, and then and, United also looking to get uh, secure another CDM or uh, secure a CDM because this is Rennick's team long term essentially. Because yes, he has a six month managerial, but long term he's going to be a consultant. So it's going to be his philosophy, and then the new manager is going to take over with his philosophy intact. Correct. Um, so the first signing is very important because it's. For this next step of the United squad, it's it's the mentality, and you need to change that United mentality squad uh, in the squad because it's garbage right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Ten Hag, like we talked about, Ten Hag would be great appointed yeah. by them. Uh, you know, Lucas, like looking back, right? Like I know Kevin Vinga always wanted to go to Real Madrid, and he was always that was the only move he was really gonna make. Yeah. And he's good. He like obviously he's good enough to play for Real Madrid. But if you guys had signed. Like someone like him in the summer, I really do think. Uh, I don't know if Ole would still be in it. He probably would, but I really do think it would have changed the outlook for the first half of the season for your team. Uh, no, I yeah no because yeah. The, our no our problems were defensive, uh, defensive blunders. Luke Shaw was very poor. Harry Maguire has been very 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 poor. So. Ole- so yeah, those two have just been like hung over from the world uh, from the Euros. So uh, the same thing would have happened. Uh, center mid wouldn't have changed that. You know what? You may be right. You, maybe the the final in the Euros had some impact on them, which is really interesting to think. Yeah. Because Saka, like, and Rashford, you know, Saka especially has had such a great start. Like, I would always think that if if anyone would be the one to to have his career trajectory change it would be him because he yeah. missed the the penalty that caused England to lose yeah but like it's the same thing Sancho hasn't been the same this year you know what I mean like he just hasn't been able to play as much and the style has been changing so much so he hasn't been able to like get secure position you know yeah I agree with you ultimately you know just has so I don't know because I haven't watched it, but is Ron back? Ron is back as of uh, Monday, but he's like still injured. He's not as fully fit, so he played like seventy percent uh, fit on Monday, and that's that's one of the reasons why he made a mistake uh, leading to the goal. So so he like honestly, this is like the only first like real major injury he's had in as long of a career as he's had. So I don't expect this to be like the norm for him for you guys. I just I really do think he'll pick it up. And I mean, like McGuire, I just I mean I just don't know, man, because I he, he's good to pair with Veron, but Veron is good to pair with anybody. Yeah, like, he makes. has been our our best center back all season. I would love to see a Lindelof uh, Veron pairing. Be great, yeah. Lindelof has been fantastic. Hey, so you're um, going to be dropped from captaincy. Yeah, same with Alabama. Two clubs of the same coin, man. But yeah. uh, last question for you. So, like, is Ben White better than Maguire? I don't know. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Because cause there are, like, there are ways that Maguire has played in the past that he is good. But then there are, there are patches of games that he just – he's a slaphead. He doesn't know what he's doing. He looks drunk on the field. So it, it, I just don't know. And I feel like Ben White, you can say the same thing. Like, he's 
he's a quality player, but like he's he doesn't have the he always he also gets those mental lapses that he he messes up. Yeah, he had he's had like really like his first bad one where he conceded the penalty. I think to I think it was the Everton game. Uh, he conceded something where it led to a penalty, which caused us to lose. But man, he's a he's a Rolls Royce, bro. Like he. It's it's so fun to watch him move up the field with the ball and like how he passes and everything. It's just it's a good time. Like and I said, Maguire is too. Maguire moving the ball up is like he's okay. Yeah. But defensively, he just doesn't know what he's doing. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gonna be interesting to see the outlook for the rest of the season. The second half, it's crazy to think that we're already halfway through. Yeah. Season, you know what I mean? But uh, you got a big game in an hour and 15 minutes because it's about 2 o'clock on a Thursday right now, and United are about to play Burnley. So that'll I think be- the lineups came out yet. They yeah. haven't come out yet. All right, before we go, we got to talk bets, right? So yeah, let's do it. So how many bets are we going to do? Are we going to do two each? Right. What's up? We have to start 2022 off right. We do, we do. We've been still pretty good. We've converted on fifty over fifty percent of our picks. We're in the plus money still, despite the fact that we had a losing weekend the last time we gave our bets. Um, I believe we went one and three. So ultimately, we are. Uh, I think like it's like twelve and like nineteen on the season or something like that. So, or somewhere between oh, nine. 12, nine. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But at the same time. I think this weekend is a juicy weekend to to bet. So, Ooh, so you you get us started. Okay. So I'm just looking at the EPL, and I know that you disagreed with my take on Liverpool being Chelsea, but I always favor teams with a healthy squad that are in form compared to teams with injuries. So I my pick is Liverpool in the plus money, plus 135 to win. Uh, if you're going to do draw no bet, which I'm sure it's something that you would consider, right? Yeah. Liverpool is minus 140. So really not that bad. Yeah. You know, if Chelsea by some chance wins it, you get them at plus 118. But I really like Liverpool here. And I just think that, you know, the Liverpool and draw for double chances minus 260, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I would, yeah. stick to, I would stick to either the all-out win or the draw no bet at uh, minus 140. Agree with that. All right. I like it. <clears throat> My first one is that same game, actually. Okay. This is a new one that I've actually never seen before. Um, it's called the in- uh, Insure Bet First Goal Scorer. Okay. So in FanDuel, the Insure Bet First Goal Scorer is uh, you're betting on the first goal scorer, but say that person scores later on in the game you get refunded if they aren't the first goal scorer. So, for example, let's say Sadio Mane is uh, is what I bet. He's not the first goal scorer, but he scores later in the game. I get refunded. It's similar to a draw-no bet. What I am doing is an insure bet. First goal scorer, Mo Salah. Plus okay. 70. That's really good. So plus 270, uh, I think the odds are really good. And if he ends up, I, I think he does end up scoring in this game. Um, I, I just think it's inevitable. Uh, yeah, uh, it's you either get your money back or you get the first goal score. The, the, also, the other thing I really like about this game and betting Liverpool is they're coming off of a loss. So that's something you just reminded me because we were talking, right? And I live bet the game when Liverpool got the penalty for Mo Salah to be there anytime or first goal scorer. I think it was at plus 230 when yeah. it penalty. I bet that I put 100 on that. And for these people listening, put 100 on it. He missed the penalty, which he had not missed the penalty in the last 15 attempts that he had. He missed this one. I instantly cashed out at. 84. So it's a $16 loss, essentially. Yeah. It was $16 bet to basically win 230. So I lost $16 instead of losing that full 100 because I got that that instant cash out available. So great stuff by FanDuel and also just some high-level betting for you guys. <laughs> My next one, I have to think about this one, Lucas. I'm not going to lie. Let me, let me go into my next one then. Okay, go into it. So another matchup we have this weekend, 
<clears throat> is Frankfurt versus Aston Villa. Oh, I was going to... Okay, go ahead. I have Aston Villa plus 140 money line against Brentford. Um, they've been in decent form. Brentford have not been as uh, good recently. And Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa have, have been performing pretty well. And Aston Villa have gone loss, win, loss, win, loss. Their last match was a loss. <laughs> so what do you think the next match is going to be? It's going to be a win, Lucas. Let's hope so. I, I really like that bet for a lot of reasons. I, uh, Jared's losses have only been to good teams. Yeah. And he, he has uh, really kind of given that squad hope. They are more talented than they were when uh, Dean Smith resigned. And I just think that their quality, especially with him as manager, with the experience he's had at Rangers, I think that they'll win this one too. And I, I have to ultimately agree. That was going to be my my pick that I was thinking about, but uh, I got to endorse that 100%. I really like that. Bet. Okay, so with that being said, I want to mix it up and I want to go to La Liga and what I'm going to do is I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to bet on Real Sociedad at plus 120 against Alaves. So Real Sociedad's been in some bad form, but actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to retract that. I see Barcelona against Mallorca at plus 110. I think that's the bet that I'm going to do. So okay. so Barcelona has been really bad this year uh not this team that they they have expected to be in past years especially given the financial problems but i think with barcelona you know mallorca is 15th in the table i think if you're barcelona you need this win and i think just based on the fact that their form has not been really good like they drew with Osasuna, they beat Elche, and then they drew with Sevilla, but Sevilla had 10 men. So that's that's like an example of, of like them kind of not knowing where to go. I think Mallorca is just not good, and I just I would have to pick Barcelona to win that. And you get plus money for them, you know, they should win this game, even if they're as bad as they've been. Yeah, they should. They should. Um, I have one more. Okay. Have- all right, do it. My last one is West Ham versus Crystal Palace over two and a half at minus 114. Okay. Um, I just think it's going to be like a 2-1 game. Uh, both defenses aren't very good. So over two and a half, I think it's very likely. Okay, good. So then if you're going to give three, then I'll give the real Sociedad one. That's plus 120 uh, for them to win outright. I like this bet for a lot of reasons. One, they've lost four in a row. They need a win, like they really do. This team is better than you would think, and they don't deserve to to be losing this many games. Two, Alaves is 18th and has been just as bad. So if I'm real Sociedad, I look at this as a get-right game, and I look at this as an opportunity to be able to right essentially the wrongs that I've had in the past. You know, they listen. They they won in the Copa del Rey on the 15th. They won three nothing. They've lost to Real Madrid, Real Betis, and Villarreal in three of those games. So, like, that's good competition, even though Villarreal hasn't been, uh, you know, as good this season as they were last year. They picked up on their form there. They've won three in a row. With Real Sociedad, it's just been a tough schedule for them, and I just expect for them to take it out on Deportivo Alves. Okay. I like it. All right. So, Lucas, with that being said, I hope you have a happy new year. Uh, Nick. I hope you guys have a good game in the next hour and you're not texting me that you're upset and everything. Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. And with that being said, enjoy them, Techers. Enjoy them, Techers, everybody. Hope you have a happy new year.